the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. Well, we have to start the show with a California update brought to you by our sponsor, New Pooperoni. On San Francisco streets. Yes, California's crappy policies now yielding some uh, literal crappy results. In one week last month, the city of San Francisco logged over 16,000 complaints of human poop on the streets. Let me say that again. 16,000 people called the city and went, there, somebody's crapping in the street in front of my house. In seven days, the mounds of vagrant-generated poop actually forced the closure of a convention being held downtown. You know, didn't they? Didn't somebody just pull a convention because of a bathroom issue in some other state? I, I mean, this is a bigger bathroom issue. If you live in San Francisco, I want you to know help is on the way. Mayor London Breed was uh, uh, absolute. I'm quoting: absolutely shocked after walking around town and seeing not only all of the poop but all of the used drug needles. Now, how many needles are they giving out in San Francisco every month? And it's like 500,000? It's hundreds of thousands. Yeah, it's yeah. hundreds of thousands of needles they're giving out. Well. And some of those come back to be recycled, too. Not, uh, I mean, certainly yeah. not all of them. Well, There's... they're supposed to return them, but you can't expect. When you, you know, heroin users, they're not always de- dependable. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the mayor has decided she's mad as hell, and she's not going to take it anymore. So she's bringing, bringing out the big guns. Uh, it's a new really breed of uh, a new hero. I think we're going to be seeing this um, this action hero on the big, big, big screen soon. Uh, it is the San Francisco version of Delta Force or the Navy SEALs. Uh, and they may already be patrolling your streets in San Francisco, dressed in hazmat suits and patrolling neighborhoods with the state-of-the-art patrol vehicle um, uh, equipped with a steam cleaner and disinfectant. They are the men and women of the San Francisco Poop Patrol. Yep, this is our country. Now, keep in mind, uh, this story is not a parody. This is true. San Francisco has now allocated over $100 million to combat the poop and needle problem. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, holy crap, $100 million? That sounds like a colossal waste of a ton of money. Really? You can't get it done for cheaper than $100 million? Well, remember, it's California and, and, and San Francisco. I mean, the Bay Area, $100 million, uh, You know, San Francisco residents. You remember when $100 million you know, was a lot of money? It doesn't go as far, uh, you know, as it used to in that hellhole of uh, San Francisco. Um, $100 million in San Francisco, I think, can get you maybe 175 square feet, uh, you know, of a beautiful apartment. Uh, probably, I, I think, somewhere between five and eight gallons of gas or the poop patrol. So which would you spend it on? The new San Francisco Public Works budget includes $72.5 million for street cleaning. Get this one, $12 million for housekeepers to get this, clean homeless encampments. 
Well, first of all, I got a one problem. They're not really housekeepers. If there is no home, they're homeless. So let me see if I have this straight. If I'm working in San Francisco, I'm just working at a deli and I'm paying taxes to San Francisco and I have to go home and clean my house. I'm paying taxes so the people who come and poop in front of my store, I'm paying taxes so they have a housekeeper? Oh my gosh. Also, $2.8 million for washing down the camps and removing any biohazard. $2.3 million to steam the poop-infested streets. $3.1 million for portable toilets. $700,000 for a 10-member uh, 10, uh, needle cleanup squad. And, of course, nearly 900000 for the Poop Patrol. Each member of the Poop Patrol takes over. Uh, uh, you ready? Takes home over $184,000 in salary and benefits. Now, I don't know. I don't know what it would cost to get me to pick up human poop. It, it it would be it would probably be a little more expensive than that. But are you telling me that you can't find oh I don't know group of teenagers, college students, anybody? How about how about how about all of those progressives that just love people so much and they just want to do good and you're telling me that you can't get them for I don't know, a bag of weed and uh you know and 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 a hemp dress? You can't get them to go clean the streets of the human feces? Really? $184,000 is what you're paying people to pick up poop? If I may, I'd like to give some advice to the new unit uh, patrolling California streets. If you would like to clean up all the crap in your cities, uh, I would suggest that you start removing the human poop that you strangely uh, in california call politicians the ones that are throwing all this money at a failed city and a failed policy one right after another you can't really get rid of the the scent of poop by simply spraying something on it to cover up the scent you have to shovel it out may i suggest that you start shoveling out the capitol building in sacramento and then work your way down to every city government from there wait a minute I got a name. Poop Patrol for Progressive Politicians and Policy, or the PPPPP. Uh, you know, and, and I think there would be some funding from, you know, rich people all over the country. I mean, I would make a donation right now to the PPPPP. Uh, you know, if we could get one in Washington, who's with me? Keep an eye out. And look for them coming soon to movie theaters near you, patrolling the streets of D.C. and San Francisco, the Human Poop Patrol. It's Thursday, August 23rd. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. <laughs> Stu just looked at me and he said, could we discuss this a little? <laughs> Why not? Uh, I, so, yeah, $184,000 a yes, year for a the year. Poop Patrol. Of course. Now, there are services uh, mm-hmm. in this uh, service economy we now have. Yes, yes. Uh, which will come to your home mm-hmm. uh, and pick up the dog poop from your lawn mm-hmm. for like, 
you know, you come over once a week and it's like maybe $50 a month. You know, now I appreciate I, capitalism, uh, but there is also another service that comes over and picks up the poop in your lawn mm-hmm. from your dogs. Okay, it's called twelve-year-old children. <laughs> well, I As don't I have explain one of those. to my kids. Uh, that's what I had you for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, first of all, that seems like a really high rate. No, to go pick up poop. A hundred and eighty-four thousand dollar a year gig. That's to a pick up great poop? gig. I would think that. There's... Let me ask you this: How much would it take for me to get you into the poop industry right now? I mean, so am I employed or am I not employed? <laughs> like, do I need to leave a job? Well, you do need. I mean, Google is no longer taking. Uh, you know, they're no longer requiring college degrees. Mm-hmm. So let's say you don't have a college degree, right? Um, you know, but you do have some prospects, but you're looking for a job. How much does it take to get you into? I, I the mean, one eighty four easily gets me into that gig, right? Easily, I, easily. I mean, a hundred k gets you into that gig, probably too. There's, there's a, there's a you line. Gotta remember, this is San Francisco. People have things are much more expensive. It's you're picking up poop. That's what you're doing. Right. You're picking up poop. Thank God, there's people doing it. Right. I mean, you, you want. No, no, no. no. I will you thank, would rather have. No, I will thank God when people stop crapping in the streets. <laughs> well, when did we become monkeys? When did we like, you know, just drop the trowel right here and just just uh, leave a loaf on the doorstep? When did we become those? <laughs> it's people? tough because once the trend starts, it's like, you know, when you go to a, a concert or something and there's a bunch of parking spots and they're all filled and that first person pulls up. On the onto the curb and onto the grass, yeah. And then five minutes later, you've got rows yes. of cars on the yes. grass. The first time, I mean, it probably was a little strange. Mm-hmm. I'll give you the first yeah. time someone was like, "You know what? That that bathroom's three feet away. Instead, I'm going to go here." Right. That was probably a strange decision the first time it happened. However, when it's just the thing, when you have an entire product line called Pooperoni, right, uh, which is <laughs> you know delicious. In fact, it's a sponsor this half hour. Don't mock it, Pooperoni. Pooperoni on San Francisco streets. When there's enough poop going on at that point, <laughs> you may need to fight back with employees. 184,000 is a lot, though. That yeah. feels to me like a, like, you know, a, a, a I don't know. $15 an hour job. <laughs> it really does. It really does. Which is pretty, I'm know, willing to give you the $15 wage on that one. Right. You're picking up poop. It doesn't require you to think. It yeah. just requires you to be willing to pick up somebody's poop. No, it's gross. It's a gross right. job. I right? might even give you $20 an hour. $20 an hour. $20 an hour. There you go. $20 an hour is a lot less than, let's say, $20 an hour times 40 times, let's say, we work every week. That's uh, $41,000. Yeah, it's about a $40,000 job. Really, Look, it's a good gig. It's a now, good San gig. Francisco, I mean, you know, I mean, maybe it's probably not going to go that far, but still, you're picking up poop. Right, like it's right. not—it's not a high-level. No, it job. doesn't take a lot of skill. It's it not like go, I've got my degree in poop right. picking up. Right, there's some there's some jobs like you have. You've talked about this before with certain things you have to do to cows on your farm, which to me sound like completely horrific uh, escapades. You're talking about the pregnancy check. Yes, yes. Now you, I can't think of an amount of money 
that you would have to pay me to do that one time in my Although life. Although once you experience it, you are kind of like you look at the guy with 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 only one sleeve on his shirt and a giant glove that goes up oh. to his shoulder and you're kind of like you can feel the baby inside and he's like, "Oh yeah," and you're kind there's a piece of you that goes I kind of want to feel that once, but then you then you, then, come, to then you come to your senses. You're like, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I don't want my hand in the <laughs> butt of a cow. So I think there is a premium you pay. But see, that guy is not just like he's not like I, I just they pay me to come here right. and just uh, uh, you know stick my hand in the butt of a cow. The guy has an education. He's a doctor. Right. Yeah. Right. This right. is it's so actually you, you pay him for more than just doing the thing that you don't want to do. Right. But I think I do think part of the premium that doctors receive, and this is all good humans and veterinarians and everything, is the ability to get over the really disgusting stuff you have to do. Now, it's also, you're healing people, it's, but, like, there's people who go and change bedpans, right? Like yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Like, the, you know. Like, the guys who do change bedpans, it should be, I mean, we should look at things. You, you, oh, you're changing bedpans, and, and, and you're, oh, you have to clean up all the vomit, too, huh? Yeah. Wow. The guy who's doing breast augmentation, I don't put them, I mean, I like to see their wages come a little closer to each other, you know what I mean? One's working on women's breasts, and the other one's cleaning up vomit i thank god for both jobs personally but i i would say that i would say that they think there is that idea this is something we've talked about with the uh, the supposed gender wage gap right yes. where um women earn only 78 cents on the dollar we've not heard true. that stat it's not, not true. true it's not a true. bs not stat true. but one of the reasons it's a bs stat is that guys uh tend to pick jobs where they're very dangerous you know some in the middle of nowhere oil rig that is a dangerous taxing job physical jobs and also sometimes kind of the nasty jobs there's a lot of jobs out there that are really gross and one of the reasons the women women have closed up that gender cap is because they've taken a lot of uh, roles in healthcare that are kind of gross so there is a premium like if you were picking up rappers you know candy rappers after a concert I think there's a premium you pay to the poop squad from oh, that yeah. job. Like you're, you're looking, working more. in Disneyland and you've got one of those little claw things and you're picking up the Some wrapper and you're and and putting in the trash can. You're working at Disneyland, man. And you're picking up candy wrappers. Relax. You're picking up poop, human poop. Mm-hmm. You get a you get a bonus. You get a bonus. I'm not I'm not afraid to say you need to make a little extra more. But 184 thousand dollars might be a little bit too is, much. Is too much. What would you say? The difference is from the person who is uh, picking up dog poop for a living as opposed to someone picking up human poop. I think there's a premium there, too. Like, if you're going to pick up human poop... I think there is, poop, but once you you're in the poop business... Maybe you don't notice. I'd be interested to hear from anyone no, who's in the poop No, I think you'd notice. Business. I think there's a slight premium. But okay. it's, it's not the same kind of distance between the candy wrapper guy... Right. And the dog poop guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's that. Once you get into the poop business, you got a large spread. Now, dog poop, human poop, there's still a spread there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like dog poop, human poop, elephant poop. You know, I, you're just. So elephant is worse? I think only I mean, because of the quantity. Yeah. And it depends. If you're following one animal in a parade, no. If you're in Africa and you want to have everything clean and you're at an elephant refuge, yeah, I think there's a that's backbreaking labor. That is. You know? That is I, there's something I think different about animal than human. I think like you know it's just like Well, animals don't wear pants. You expect them to poop on the streets yeah. or wherever they're standing. Um here in America, 
um, we're now apparently just expecting humans to act like animals, and we're cool with it. And the great thing is, it's job creation. If this isn't the perfect example of, of job creation in a progressive world, I don't know what is. Hey, we can hire more housekeepers because every homeless camp is going to now have housekeepers. So they can't be expected to, you know, clean up their sleeping bag. We got to lay that out. Maybe we can leave a little mint on their pillow, too. We're creating jobs. We okay, so they're they're pooping all over the street. This is a job creator. It's important. That's why I don't live in California. It's basically Paul Krugman's theory, right? Uh, you know, if an, if an alien was threatening the Earth, we would increase our economy because we would all go together and go crazy uh, to mm-hmm. build up our society. Mm-hmm. It's the broken windows theory, right? Well, what, what if we no, just... No, no, no. No, we just no, break the windows and no. then we can have people replace the windows. That's good for the economy. <sighs> the broken windows thing. That that That's a conservative idea. Broken windows. Yeah, you see people pick up windows and they rocks and they break a window on an empty street. Okay, we're not talking about broken windows anymore. We're talking about people crapping on the street. If we just pick up the crap, maybe they won't crap on the street. (laughs) We've turned into animals. Sponsor this half hour is American Financing. Let's say you own a home. Uh, and you maybe you own a home, but you don't like the bathroom in it. And so you have to go to your neighbor's yard and uh, and crap in your neighbor's yard. Well, there's a better way to live. Get a home with a bathroom in it. Get a home. Get a home where you like the bathroom uh, or just buy a pair of pants and recognize that you're a human being. American financing would like to help those people that understand pants And if you are looking for a new home or you want to refi your home, uh, you can get an approval letter fast and you'll find out exactly how much house you can qualify for. But I can guarantee all of those houses have bathrooms inside. American Financing. They employ salary-based mortgage consultants. They don't work on commission. They work for you. And they have an A-plus rating with a BBB and over 1,800 Google reviews. This is a family-owned business, and it is really good. I've, I've known them for, gosh, 10 years. Over 10, year, over 10 years now. Uh, call for more information. Visit AmericanFinancing.net, AmericanFinancing.net, or call 800-906-2440. That's 800-906-2440 or AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Glenn Beck. Well, we apparently have struck a nerve. Uh, a lot of people are, uh, a lot of people are uh, are tweeting and calling about uh, the poop patrol in mm-hmm. California. Uh, at World of Stew and at Glenn Beck, uh, Taylor writes: uh, Maybe the poop patrol is what Obama was going for when he said "shovel ready jobs." Very good, possible. Very good. Yeah. Uh, D writes: uh, I have a suggestion. What about the next person we see pooping on the street? Instead of arresting, they have to pick up the poop until we get to the next pooping person who will have to help. And then we will have a poop brigade for free. Like that. This is good. Like that. Uh, Jeff writes uh, later on our show about poop economics. Special guest Thomas Sowell 
real highbrow guys. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, uh, this is uh, Don't think we didn't realize that. I mean, I shut off the mic and I looked at Stu and I said, <laughs> so what uh, What important things did you talk about today? <laughs> you know, the economics of poop patrols. Well, uh, you'll, f- you'll feel better from Gordon's comment. I've been listening to you guys for over a decade. This morning is the most informative radio broadcast you've ever well, done. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. And Drew says, elephant poop smells incredibly worse than human poop. Like the smell lingers for days after removal. So I am giving a premium. Mm-hmm. You are giving I a premium. I am giving there. a premium on that. <laughs> but I still don't think it's worth $184,000 a year. <laughs> Welcome to the program. Glad you're here. Lot to cover today. Um, we are going to uh, cover the situation in South Africa. I want to do something extraordinarily different uh, next hour. I invite you to uh, uh, to join me on this. It's I need your help on something. Um, and he's got a lot of human poop in his backyard. He really needs I do, to go I pick do, it up. and I don't have one hundred eighty-four thousand dollars <laughs> to pay a person to do it. So, <laughs> uh, also, we should get to Asia Argento a little bit. This story is is kind of fascinating to me. And I was joking on on Twitter last night about how I've noticed that CNN is spending a lot more time talking about Donald Trump paying off uh, people to be silent about sex than you know the Asia Argento situation mm-hmm. where they're paying off people to have sex. And like obviously, like you know. He's the president of the United States. They're going to spend more time on it, though. I mean, I think arguably the Asia Argento thing is the number two story right now behind what's going on with Trump. And it was almost not mentioned at all uh, in the hours that I watched CNN yesterday. And I found it interesting that if you think about what we've seen over the past year, year and a half, you have CNN, who has pretty much constantly been talking about, one, the Me Too movement, and two... Donald Trump paying off people to be silent about sexual relationships. During that entire time, one of their employees, Anthony Bourdain, was in the middle of the intersection between those two issues. Now, Anthony Bourdain obviously uh, killed himself and is, it, is this gone This may now. have played a role in that. I, who knows? I mean, it's a, it's a terrible situation. But he paid of his own money $380,000, which, by the way, you'll note, is more than Stormy Daniels and Karen McDougal combined to keep this kid, who was a kid, he's not now a kid, but he was 17 years old at the time, silent about a Me Too affair. So the same exact situation when it comes to... Uh, and, now, I mean, you know, look what Asia did. Look what Asia did. Yeah. She, she used Anthony. Now, just hear me out. I, I have no... You know, insight on the relationship. I have no insight on the relationship. I have no insight on his mental health, and uh, and suicide is is caused by illness. You're ill. You're really ill. But it is helped by feeling trapped as well. Mm-hmm. He's working at a news organization that is zeroed in on paying people off to keep them silent. And me too. And me too. And here's Asia. And she says, oh, I'm being blackmailed. I don't know if she asked him or he volunteered. Worse if she asked him. But bad if he volunteered because he pays $380,000 and then has to live in that world with the cognitive dissidence of these things are bad, but I just did it because I know her and I love her. 
<laughs> that's I mean, I don't know how. Yeah, I don't I, know how. Very he, difficult to deal with. Really bad. And, you know, I don't think CNN was aware of this at the oh, time. I don't think but so I mean, either. it's an interesting study uh, uh, as far as journalism. Right. I mean, here is an organization that is say is on the air constantly hammering the Me Too movement. And we and we're, look, we're you know, we all want the end goals of what is the generalism of Me Too, which is women get respected and don't have to deal with sexual abuse and assault and harassment. We all want all that. people. All people. All people should. Uh, and all people should. Right. No, I mean, men, boys, girls, women. Nobody should. Nobody should deal with that. But uh, that storyline is being protected by one of their employees. Here is a massive part of this story that is sitting there. Uh, one of the founders of the Me Too movement and the most serious allegations against Harvey Weinstein. And now there's lots of them, so there's there's plenty still there. But the most serious allegations and. At the time they're covering the story, one of CNN's employees is paying $380,000 to silence an accuser of the person involved. And what's what's, uh, just as bad, if not worse, is now that it has come out, they're not talking about it. They don't want to talk about Anthony Bourdain's. They don't want to say, what really happened with Anthony Bourdain? How... Here's a guy in our own midst who was doing this. They're not examining that at all. Right. It's, I, it, I mean, look, it's a tough situation. The guy died tragically. He was a very beloved figure. They loved him at CNN. Journalists love the guy. Right. Which is um, why he'll get a pass. I, you know, if, if, if I did this, if I paid $380,000 to somebody and I died same way, mm-hmm. do you think <laughs> they wouldn't look into me? Oh, they sure. They surely would. Of course would. they would. They surely of would. Of course they would. Yeah. And, uh, you know, look. But, that, y- but see, that's the problem. That's the problem. We are no longer using reason anymore. There's a great story, uh, uh, a conversation between uh, the president and editor-in-chief uh, and the senior cultural writer for Cut. I don't even know what Cut is, but I, I, I saw this story and I started reading it. I want you to listen to this. So uh, Stella Bugby, she is the uh, editor-in-chief. She says, you know, one of the things I find most interesting about these allegations is they trigger a lot of fears in me. It's the same sickening feeling I have when I hear about false uh, rape accusations. They're rare, but devastating to all future accusers. I feel like screaming, this doesn't mean all rape accusations are fake. And it makes me simultaneously defensive and despairing. Will people who were anti hashtag me too use this as an attempt to prove that it was all BS? Now, I just want you to listen to this, because remember, we are either going to add to the chaos or we're going to find a way through the chaos. And if if you believe that we are a culture in trouble, then I don't want to add to the chaos. I want to try to heal, and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to heal within the parameters of my principles. So let me listen. Let's listen to these two women talk back and forth with a different ear. And maybe somebody else who's on their side will listen to us with a different ear. Now listen, one of the things I find interesting triggers a lot of fears in me. The same sickening feeling I have when I hear about fake uh, rape accusations. They're rare but devastating to all future accusers. Yes. Now, let's flip that around. 
She says, I feel like screaming. This doesn't mean all rape accusations are fake. Yes. Now, we have a fear when you see something like the lacrosse team and the just and Al Sharpton's of the world coming down and politicizing it and Mm -hmm. making it all about race and rape and everything else. We feel like saying, wait a minute. All of these aren't true. They're not all true. Let the process work. Not all men are rapists. Not all victims are women. What did you do to heal the wounds of the of the team that was verbally maliciously raped? The the Duke lacrosse team have you, has anybody even thought about what their lives are like now? No, oh, yeah, I have a, a friend of a friend of mine was on the team, and uh, she tells me that he, even though he was not actually there, he was just on the Duke lacrosse team. He was never accused of anything, any wrongdoing at all, uh, and he left with you know Duke and Duke lacrosse. Uh, he was you know mentioned uh, anytime you Google his name, he'd come up as the Duke lacrosse team. That was the big thing that he did. That's a huge accomplishment, by the way. It's one of the best teams in the country, and for years. He struggled to get a job after college. Duke's a great school. He had no, even wasn't even accused of wrongdoing. But just because Duke lacrosse was was what you got when you Googled the guy, he couldn't find a good job for years afterwards. Sure. So so let's uh, let's understand her point. Her point is, don't let this discredit the ones that are real. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Don't even let this discredit what Harvey Weinstein did to Asia. Right. Okay. Don't let it discredit that. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree with that. Totally. But what we also have to talk about is the mob mentality, the hashtag mentality. When you make an accusation, it doesn't mean it's true. And so if we have a system of justice, you let that system of justice work. Otherwise, you're going to destroy lives that shouldn't be destroyed. Let's calm down and use reason and ration, not uh, n- not uh, uh, hashtags, right. not mob mentality. Stop with the torch. And, and process versus generalism is a problem we're dealing with right now. It I, is. I have not heard anyone on... You know, what we'd say our side of the argument, which would be asking for process. Like, mm-hmm. I just want to process. I want every single person who did these things to go to jail, but I want to process before we get there. I've never heard anyone on that side of the argument say, what we want is no women to be believed. What we want is all men to get away with it. What we want is every accusation to be dismissed. The, the problem on the, I have heard that on the other side. Mm-hmm. What we want is all women to be believed. What we want is all women to be honored and, and, and automatically trusted. And that, well, I don't think it's the majority of that side of, uh, of the movement, is, is, an, is a significant enough piece of it that makes you very, very hesitant to embrace well, the movement as a whole. The goal is yes, but the movement as a whole has some Because parts to it the that movement has postmodernist roots, because there are people in there who they don't care about reason. They don't care about it. it they're trying to destroy the hierarchy they're trying to destroy the uh, the western white cisgender uh, uh hierarchy well i can't join you on that mm. i can't join you on that 
I can join you on, hey, let's have a system and I'll stand with you. You're a victim of somebody. I'll stand with you and I will believe you enough to make sure that you are heard and that the process works. But I'm not going to believe you and take you at your word because you say it's true. Mm -hmm. I need a process. You know, everybody has to be innocent until proven guilty. That doesn't mean that you're guilty because you stood up and said, hey, this person did it. And I that's when people attack that person like like it happens on all sides. When they attack somebody, sometimes you can go, "Okay, I get it. I get it. I mean, they're really not credible, but other times they are very credible Mm -hmm. and we have to have a process to go through and I'm for that. This article continues to talk about, you know, uh, this story. Maybe we're just we didn't pay attention to her and we dismissed some of these warning signs because she was our friend. Yes. 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 That happens to all of us. And that's happening. That's that is the crux of the issue in America today. The press believes one side. They believe that they are that that one side is right and the other side is wrong. And anything that helps the wrong side, they won't cover or say anything that hurts the right side. They won't cover or say that's the problem. That's why Donald Trump was elected. We need a process that reason is fixed in her seat and no one plays favorites. Now, that's really hard to do when you're a nation of men and not a nation of laws. That's why we broke away from the king. Because if you were in favor with the court, you're fine. Simply safe home security. Great security system. Fantastic protection. Um, I have it at home. Uh, we have it here in the office. I mean, it is protecting the uh, ruby slippers and uh, the cup of a carpenter from Indiana Jones. It's Washington's compass. It's uh, top of the line stuff. Yeah, it's top of the line. Top the of good line. thing is you don't have to work for the patrol in San Francisco and earn $184,000 to afford it. Shut up. Yeah, it's a lot cheaper than that. Get out of yeah, here. Which is kind of nice. Yeah, it's actually a lot cheaper than um, any of the other things out on the system. It's unbelievable how much money you have been built uh, when it comes to the to security, I mean, you know, they come in the, the big brochures and the salesperson and you, you want to chew your arm. You'll sign anything just to get them out of the house. It's not that way with Simply Safe. You go online, you see the system, you can uh, configure it your own way. You know how many windows and doors you have. You know, I mean, it'll show you, okay, if you have this situation, this is where the motion sensor should be. You have this situation, this is where the cameras should be. It's really easy, and nobody's trying to upsell you anything. And it's unbelievably inexpensive. It's simplysafebeck.com. Round-the-clock professional monitoring, no contract, $14.99 a month. You can't beat it, and it's the best. Simplysafebeck.com. Go there now, simplysafebeck.com. I saw something from uh, the Australian news agency. They have a 60 Minutes program that's about to premiere 
and it it looks like they read my book. Listen to this. Yeah, it was it was a bit unrehearsed. I you know was off the cuff comment that was inappropriate for for air. Shouldn't have been on radio. You know, hundred percent. Doctor, it was a good looking rooster. Hey, he's not About bad. Four looking. years of age. Yeah. Thing is, um, as I said, we've we got no income now, and there's no real light at the end of the tunnel of where that will change or when that will be. Look out, Australia. 60 minutes will make your blood boil. It's a big cock-up. Welcome to the age of outrage. It's sort of become a blood sport. Where one stupid move... No, I love Don. I love Don. ...can destroy you. I'm sorry. Now, Yasmin upset the entire country when she posted on Facebook on Anzac Day. I think we've got to accept stupidity as a constant of human life. We all do stupid things. I'm quite happy to remove this. Now, science proves we're getting high on hate. What a crock of sh- 60 Minutes, Sunday. Isn't that amazing? Wow, they could have called that it is, addicted to outrage. Yeah, they're high on hate, addicted to outrage. Uh, I mean, if science proves it. It absolutely does. And you'll find it in my new book, Addicted to Outrage, and why it's a huge problem if we want to save the Western world. We must, must surrender and admit to ourselves, hey, uh, I'm an American and I've got a problem. I'm addicted to outrage. Glenn Beck. In an interview yesterday, Massachusetts Democrat Senator Elizabeth Warren and sworn enemy of the President Trump made a fool of herself. Now, that in itself is not news, but the specifics of her statement all started with a goofy, vacant grin and are are really disconcerting. Here she is in an interview with uh, host John Berman. I'm so sorry for the family here, and I know this is hard, not only for the family, but for the people in her community, the people throughout Iowa. Um, but one of the things we have to remember is we need an immigration system that is effective, that focuses on where real problems are. Um, last month, I went down to the border, and I saw where children had been taken away from their mothers. I met with those mothers who had been lied to, who didn't know where their children were, who hadn't had a chance to talk to their children. And there was no plan for how they would be reunified with their children. Hmm. Just last month she was there. Now, she wasn't there uh, back in uh, 2014. I know because I was there. She didn't want to pay any attention to it when it was happening under Obama. But she was there, and she was talking to the mothers who had their children ripped out of their arms. Now, there's a lot to unpack here. First, let's start with the line. Uh, You know, uh, of the things that we have to remember is we need an immigration system that is effective, that focuses where the real problems are. Can I ask you what that really means? What does that mean? What does that even mean? Because in this past week alone, ICE which people like uh, Elizabeth Warren want to abolish. They could, she compares them to Nazis. She wants to abolish them. In this last week, ICE has hauled off an illegal immigrant charged with murder in Mexico. At the request of Mexico, we were tracking him. And how was that reported in the press? That was reported that, oh, this poor guy was just taking his wife. She was, she was ready to have a baby. She was going in for a scheduled C-section. 
It wasn't like she's like, oh my, I gotta, now I gotta drive uh, myself to the hospital too. She was going in for a C section. He was a murderer. W- would you have said, oh, you know what? Oh, jeez. I. Crap. I didn't know Jeffrey Dahmer was taking his wife to the hospital. Let him go. Let him go have the birth. We'll try to catch up to him later. He's a murderer. They also got lit- rid of a literal Nazi. Something that the Obama administration couldn't get done. Donald Trump's uh, administration put pressure on Germany to take back a Nazi. This guy's been living here since World War II. He killed people in concentration camps. Now, the world is so concerned about Nazis in America. We've got 24 stupid people who are protesting in the street, and you have a literal Nazi And somehow the Nazi organization, as you call it, ICE, somehow or another, they got him out? I don't even understand it. If anything, the system has failed in not preventing the entry of an illegal immigrant who murdered Molly Tibbet. How dare you say that? Are you saying that all immigrants are murdered? Of course I'm not. In no rational or reasonable world... Are, is anybody actually thinking that I'm saying all immigrants are rapists? I'm saying here's a guy who I don't know why raped this woman and killed her. And you know what? He shouldn't have been here in the first place. M- M- Molly Tibbetts could have been hit by a bus. She might have died some other way. Maybe it was her time, but it was not her time to go in that way. If he wasn't here. Then she says, last month I went to the border and I I saw where children had been taken away from their mothers. What, What about what about Molly Tibbetts? Wasn't she ripped out of the arms of her loving family? Here's this exceptional girl she didn't say a final farewell her parents didn't take her to a dangerous place where they all knew they could be separated molly most likely didn't even say goodbye as the front door closed behind her because she was just going for a jog Here's Molly ripped out of the arms of her family and taken away from her mother permanently. There is no paperwork to work out. There's there's nothing that might have been misplaced and soon they'll be reunited. She's gone until they're reunited on death. And it wasn't done by, by a group of people who are just overzealous they were she was ripped out of the arms of her family by somebody who shouldn't have been in the country in the first place and is a true monster i think we need immigration laws that focus on on people who pose a real threat you mean like murderers like murderers who murder young women maybe i don't think mamas and babies are the place we should be spending our resources Tell that to the mother of Molly Tibbet. 
You see, we're talking over each other. And, and, and we're fighting a, a straw man. That's it. There's nobody in America that disagrees. What was it? 8%, 20% maximum? I can't remember what it was. Very low percent of people who said, oh, yeah, no, no, no. I think what ICE is doing is great. I think, I think the policy that Obama started of just, you know, ripping them out from their parents and just shoving them all in different jails and cages. I don't think there was nobody, virtually nobody that held that belief. But shouldn't Molly Tibbetts' death signify the need for more comprehensive, uh, a more comprehensive system that keeps people out that are criminals? You know, the guy who is taking his wife to the hospital. This guy could have come through the front door. We could have checked. And he could have passed and he would have been good. And then he might have murdered Molly Tibbetts. That will happen in life. But shouldn't we at least... Shouldn't we at least try? You know, MS-13 MS kills four times the number of kids. They've killed four times the number of people than have been lost in school shootings. Four times the number. Why don't we care about them? Warren speaks only in negatives. She's criticizing Trump. She uses the tragedy of a young woman who was murdered and says, yeah, well, that was bad, but no, that was horrifying. Full stop. But in Warren's world, the man who murdered her is himself a victim. This is the postmodern system of anti-logic that is getting dangerous. People are dying. Americans are dying. Members of Congress are more concerned about the evils of having a southern border than the actual strife of people on the border because they weren't there when it was about their side. I was. And they're more, they care more about destroying the other side than actual compassion. It's Thursday, August 23rd. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. You know, I spent the last two years, I spent the last five years, but particular attention in the last, in the last two, um, to figure, to figure this out. Okay. I, I remember, I remember trying to figure out around 2004, what the hell happened to us? How did we go from this nation with our founders and to to this nation that is is so far removed from the constitution what happened and i i found progressivism and everyone told me woodrow wilson in the early 20th century didn't matter 
And I made my case every day, much to the chagrin of many people in the audience at first going, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they're liberal or progressive. It does matter. And now I see, now I see my country doing exactly what I feared. I take my share, in fact, I think I take more than my fair share of responsibility for what's happening in the country. And I'm willing to do that because I know you know the truth. I know if you watched me and listened to me, you heard me say more about peace and, and coming together and trying to understand. You heard those words from me more than anyone, left or right. So you know the truth. I don't have to defend it with you. And I'm willing to take more than my fair share if that's what it will take to get people to listen. There's, everybody wants to hate each other. I don't. And I don't care what I have to do to get you to disarm enough to be able to listen again. Because we're a nation that's not listening to one another. And I know this firsthand because I didn't listen to you during the election. I didn't understand. And instead of doing the human thing, I looked at you as a group. But it's so strange. I heard Don Imus uh, sign off his last broadcast. Every broadcaster in America, every podcaster in America should listen to Don Imus's last 10 minutes. It's so revealing. Here's a guy who was a legend, is a legend. A guy who's, who literally changed radio, changed broadcast. Extraordinarily, extraordinarily bright and talented. And a good man. And in his last five or ten minutes, he wept. As he tried to convince himself Look at the good we did. Look at what we did. We did together. The most important thing he said was, I'm not going to miss radio. I'm not going to miss this show. I'm going to miss you. When he said that, man, my eyes filled with tears because I knew exactly what he was talking about. You and I feel like we're friends. You know me. I don't know you. And people always say to me when they meet, I've, I, I feel kind of bad and weird because we don't really know each other, but I know everything about you. And I always feel the same way. I know, but I think I know you. Even though I don't. People are listening, many of them wildly disagree. Some, I, I, I would imagine, are in a coma right now, and they just have the radio on, so, you know, the person will feel like there's somebody there. By the way, you're doing great. You're going to make it. But the people who come out, I feel like I know you. And I don't think we're different. I know what your heart is. And I know what you... I know your intent... You know mine. 
do good, to fix this, to free people, to help people. But we've gone off the rails, and I don't mean us, the entire nation has gone off the rails. And that doesn't seem to be our objective anymore. Our objective now is to stop the other guy, and that's not going to work. I, I want to talk to you here, and I would, I would love to hear your response. Facebook, Twitter, on the phone today at 5 o'clock. I'm going to do a, uh, just a half hour of phone calls, and I, I, I want to hear your voice on... Look, the Molly, the Molly Tibbetts story is important. And then I introduce Elizabeth Warren into it, and it cheapens it. But that's important, too. Kavanaugh. Look what they're doing to Kavanaugh. Now they're saying that they're going to have to delay the Kavanaugh vote because, well, I mean, you can't do that with Paul Manafort. What? What are you talking about? Universities are welcoming their students back soon, and they all have plans on how to talk to their students about the statues that might be around the campus. All of these things are important. All of these things are really easy to talk about. But does it further anything? Let me pick it up there when we come back. You know, we were talking on the um, we were talking on the air yesterday in the podcast, uh, the news and why it matters. And uh, we were talking about impeachment. And, you know, if it was a if it was just a simple majority, which it's not in the in the Senate, you could see the Senate impeaching and convicting Donald Trump because there's enough squishy Republicans that would just would not want to. They, they'll go they'll go uh, and diss their own base because they don't want their world disrupted. Mm-hmm. We saw uh, that with the, you know, Obamacare yeah. uh, overturn. And we were talking about um, that civil war. I really think that would lead, lead to civil war. If he's removed from office? If he was removed from office and it was simple majority and because people would see that as a complete betrayal. And that's, of course, why it's not simple majority, I guess. Correct, right? correct. With 67 votes. And it, it, feels, it feels real. I mean, it really does feel real that there could be something that could happen that we would go into a civil war. Okay, I hope to God that doesn't happen. Uh, but that that is that is the that's the outlier of what could happen in your life, what could happen in the foreseeable future. That's the outlier, and you could kind of see that happening. Now you got fire, fire, fire fires, uh, forest fires, earthquakes. Uh, floods, hurricanes, tornadoes, just job loss. May I suggest you prepare your family so you are safe and you don't have to worry about all that crap. I want you to go to My Patriot Supply right now, mypatriotsupply.com. They've been helping hardworking Americans prepare and become more self-reliant. That's the key, isn't it, that we're self-reliant 
They sell dozens of emergency food kits, gravity-powered water filtration systems at MyPatriotSupply.com. So no matter what comes your way, you're prepared. Do as I do. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. It's very strange. We find ourselves in a country now that... But in some ways, nothing matters, right? How many, how many times have you said or heard a friend say, it's like nothing matters anymore. It's like the truth doesn't matter. Decency doesn't matter. Uh, nothing matters. They're, they're crapping in the streets of, of San Francisco. They're, they're, you know, our president is lying. This president or the last president. And they don't care. The, the death of shame. They're, nobody cares about shame. There's no embarrassment anymore on anything. It's like nothing matters. And yet, at the same time, everything matters to the max. I am so outraged by what so-and-so just said. So we're living in this world where nothing matters except these little things over here that I'll fight to the death on. That's not a recipe for success. So what does matter? Next. Continuing our conversation on what's important and what we should be talking about. And I mean me and you. We're eating around the edges. We're, we're, just, we're not even into the pie. We're just all eating the crust. That's it. Racism, gender issues, destruction of the family, free speech, violence. What, what is causing all of this? Where's this coming from? And, and we're, we're amplifying it because we're concentrating on even smaller stories. We've made our politicians our gods. We've made our political parties our gods. And we've done it. Mainly without thinking. Be honest. Be honest. Now, maybe, maybe, maybe conservatives have thought a little bit more about it because they've been they've had their back pushed against the wall for so long that you've probably put some thought into it. But for the left, many times, not all times, but for the left, many times you haven't really even heard the other side. You didn't even know there was another side. And we're fighting to the death over it. Let me ask you what's more important. The Paul Manafort trial, which had nothing to do with Donald Trump, and I'm not saying that uh, because, you know, I'm on the right. I'm saying that because it's true. What they convicted him of had nothing to do. It all happened before he got together with Donald Trump. So what's more important? Here's a bad guy went to jail. That's a really good story one day. That's it. Really bad guy went to jail. Justice served. Perfect. But we're making this into, this will go on for months. Is that more important than the Christians that are being slaughtered all over the world? The Christians that are being rounded up. Christians that are still in slavery, Christians that are being slaughtered because they won't bow down 
the Christians in uh, the Christians in Asia, 165 churches were just burned in China by the Chinese government. Anybody care? Anybody care? You know that they just institute a law. If you have a Bible, you're you're going to prison. How about this one? How about the Muslims in China? One million. Hear this. One million Muslims have already been rounded up in China and they're put in concentration camps. We have the photos of the concentration camps. You can find them. You can see them online. It's China. One million. Add five more million and you've got the Holocaust. Why are we talking about that? South Africa. Is there a genocide going on? Or is it the buildup of a genocide? What's really happening there? I don't know. The loss of freedom of speech, where both sides are celebrating when when somebody who they don't like loses their platform or their ability to speak. This should be a, a all-hands-on-deck warning. We should be hearing the klaxon every single day. If one person loses their right to speak and be heard, we will be next. Nobody is really talking about the destruction of the Western way of life. That you have now one political party who is supporting a group of people who say they want to um, destroy capitalism and get away from capitalism. They are marching in the streets. No borders, no walls, no USA at all. You have a political party and a media that is supporting that. Well, I think that's probably the biggest story that maybe we should be talking about, maybe in the history of our republic. We apparently have half of a country that is either ignorant or a part of an effort to destroy capitalism and our way of life, and to destroy our Constitution. In their words, not mine, not hyperbole. Shouldn't we be, t- isn't that more important than, than Manafort? Or whatever I led the hour with, with, uh, you know, Elizabeth Warren? Isn't that more important? All we're doing is arguing about Trump. In the last eight years, all we did was argue about Obama. Didn't work, did it? Isn't this the definition of insanity? Should we argue some more about Trump, or should we look for the root cause? Because I know what the root cause is. And once you find it, you will be amazed. You will be, your eyes, the scales will fall off your eyes. Just as they did when you really first started to learn about progressivism. And this one isn't protected. This one, this one is wide open. This one will, will not be accepted 
by the mass of the people in blue states or I'm sorry, red states who are Democrats. They will not accept this. And it's called postmodernism. Do you want to know why we're why we're talking about the destruction of capitalism? Understand postmodernism. You want to know why people are calling white people all kinds of names and white people are not allowed to defend themselves? Postmodernism. You want to know why there's 175 different genders? Postmodernism. You want to know why the destruction of the family seems to be a number one target? Postmodernism. You want to know why freedom of speech, why people on the right, the people who believe in the Constitution... Those people are being demonized and being deplatformed and are called all kinds of names and are not listened to and not welcome on any campus. Do you want to know why? Postmodernism. You want to know why we are living in a world that no longer makes any sense, where reason doesn't apply anymore. Logic doesn't apply. Only violence applies. Postmodernism. It's why nothing matters. And we are fighting a fight now, the old fight. We're fighting it like we've always fought it. You're not even fighting the real enemy. You don't even know what the real enemy is. It's like trying to fight in Germany and not even being aware of what Nazis even believed or what their goals were. Not just not speaking their name, not knowing anything about them. You're never going to defeat them. But the problem is, how can we know them when we don't even know ourselves? We don't even know ourselves anymore. Who are we? Really, who are we? I've really had a tough time with God recently. feel like I need baptism all over again. I can't, I can't make heads or tails of my mistakes. I can't make heads or tails of, of the path anymore. I, I don't, I, I, I just, I've, I believe in him. I know who he is. Perhaps in the, for the first time in my life, I'm actually beginning to be humble because I don't know who I am in some ways. Because the things that I believed, all of the important principles, I still believe. I just don't know how to express them. I don't know how to do my job. I don't know how to make a difference without being a problem. I heard a really important phrase the other day. At the center of all human suffering, that is where you will find God. I know that's true. 
And let me break it down for people who don't necessarily believe in God. What is God? Love, compassion, empathy, kindness, rational thought, reason. If there is a God, he's the best scientist and the best best mathematician out there. Because look at the exactness of the universe. Do you find reason, ration, compassion, kindness, empathy? Are you finding that on Twitter? Because I'm not. Are you finding that on Facebook? Because I'm not. Find that on CNN or Fox or even on this show? I'm trying to find God. And that's what God is to me. And God is also my pal. And I miss my best friend. And I know enough about him to know that he hasn't moved, so I must have. And if I want to find him, we have to find ways to at least empathize with human suffering. And if we can lose ourselves in others, we won't be so outraged every day by the nonsense. If we can just focus on things that matter, Perhaps we will stop fighting about all of the things that mean nothing. I care about the Christians in the Middle East. I know you do too. Do you realize that UN agencies, government agencies, have said that this audience has done more than the world? That when it comes to freeing the Christians in the Middle East, you are the model? I care about what's happening to the blacks and the whites in South Africa. I care about the Muslims in China. I care about a guy who has caused me so much angst, so many problems, I care about the voice of Alex Jones. I despise him, but I care about his right to have a voice. Could I ask you a favor? I wish I could offer this to you for free. Um, Please go to Amazon and pre-order my book, uh, Addicted to Outrage. It is your first step into what I'm talking about. And if you want to be a part of the solution, 
We must break the cycle of outrage. Please. I've worked harder on this book than anything I've ever worked on in my life. Addicted to Outrage. We'll pick it up there again. I want to talk to you about LifeLock. There are so many things. First of all, thank them for the sponsorship of this program. There's so many things that, uh, you know, you have to worry about that it's just not worth worrying. It's just not worth it. Just, you know, do the things that you do well. Be the best mom. Be the best dad. Let somebody like LifeLock worry about somebody hacking into your system. Let somebody like LifeLock worry about somebody who's taken your identity or, you know, hacked into your system and have tried to hijack everything. Let them worry about fixing it, not only guarding against it, but fixing it, because that's not what you do. Stop worrying about the Just take this stuff off your plate. And if you're not worried about it, you should be. Um, you should be concerned enough to at least call and get information on LifeLock because the world has changed. LifeLock.com. I want you to go to LifeLock.com right now. Use the promo code back. You're going to save, uh, I don't know, 10% or whatever it is on your first year of LifeLock. Plus, you get a $25 Amazon gift certificate uh, just, for, uh, just for calling up and, and joining. It's LifeLock.com. Use the promo code back. LifeLock.com. Glenn Beck. Uh, all right. Uh, don't forget, we, we have a special show tonight at 5 o'clock. Uh, if you uh, would like to call in, the uh, phone number is the same on the radio show, 888-727-BECK. You can ask or talk about anything tonight. Uh, we have a half hour just of your phone calls, your questions, your thoughts, your concerns. Um, but, uh, but join us tonight, 5 o'clock, only on The Blaze TV. Okay. Uh, Stu. We still have a lot on our plate to talk about. We, it's like overloaded today. Overloaded today with the uh, news of the day and uh, and uh, the real news Glenn of the day. Beck. When we return, Mercury. Glenn Beck. You know, I think I'm gonna start. I think I, I want to really start talking to uh, people who haven't made their mind up on stuff, or just or just questioning, just questioning. You know, because uh, I am, I, I'm right sometimes, I'm wrong sometimes, but I'm always questioning. And uh, I'd like to talk to those people who are saying about uh, Asia Argento. Hey, 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 wait, 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 wait. You know, this don't throw out the whole baby with the bathwater here. You know, she was obviously a flawed messenger. And people who were even saying earlier this year or earlier this week, hey, well, let's let's have some process. I agree with you 100 percent, 100 percent. Now, the process happens to be over once there's photographic proof. Uh, but I agree with you. We should have a process, but we should have a process on everything, shouldn't we? We shouldn't have, you know, one person says something and then it's over or or, you know, just mob justice. We should have systems, Correct. Should have hearings. Some sort of process. Some uncovering of evidence. Some ability to defend yourself. Something. Then why is it the Democrats are now trying to halt the confirmation hearing for Supreme Court Justice uh, nominee Brett Kavanaugh? Hmm. It's scheduled to begin September 4th. They don't want a hearing. Because now they have guilt by association. 
The Manafort and Cohen courtroom dramas barely over and Chuck Schumer took to the microphone and called for an immediate pause of Kavanaugh's confirmation process. Now the air was thick with the smell of his old spice and desperation. Democrats are grasping. Well, I would like to say straws, but that no Democrat would do that because it would be bad for the planet and you could go to jail for it. So they're grasping for. Well, maybe paper straws, ways to tank the Kavanaugh nomination. Earlier this week, they tried unearthing the old documents trick. Uh, that effort uncovered that when Kavanaugh was was working for Kenneth Starr in the 90s. Yeah. Part of his job was, you know, to to prepare the detailed questions to ask Bill Clinton during the Lewinsky scandal. So basically, <laughs> yeah. He was guilty of doing his job. You can't trust a guy like that. After Manafort and Cohen, uh, the developments happened on Tuesday. Democrats were tossed a lifeline, they thought. I mean, it's barely a strand of dental floss, but they'll take it at this point. Senate Democrats say Kavanaugh cannot be confirmed now. Because what if a case involving President Trump lands before the Supreme Court? Kavanaugh couldn't possibly be a fair judge in such a case because Trump appointed him. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, the deciding vote on Obamacare couldn't have landed on the lap of a Republican justice and had him vote with it, right? Or wait, he did. Democratic uh, Senator Maisie Hirano, I think that's her name, in Hawaii, she was um, she's on the Senate Judiciary Committee. She says she's now going to cancel her meeting with Kavanaugh. She doesn't need to even meet with him now. Don't need to hear him. Well, now that would make sense if you had pictures of Manafort and Cohen, you know, in this, you know, going to the same baseball game, you know, with Kavanaugh and they were just buddies and, you know, and putting ketchup and mustard on each other's wieners. Then maybe you would have something, but not now. We don't have those pictures. Manafort and Cohen don't have anything to do with Kavanaugh that we know of. But it gives them the chance to pretend to care about truth and justice and the American way. But in reality, they only oppose Kavanaugh because they're freaked out that he may somehow or another end abortion and enslave women forever. They don't care about the thousand other issues that Kavanaugh could deal with on the Supreme Court. But this is the Democrats' last-ditch Hail Mary plan. uh, uh, Delay Kavanaugh's confirmation until next year. Win a bunch of seats in November. Impeach Trump. Clone Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Get Mike Pence to nominate, you know, Ruth Ginsburg 2 to the Supreme Court. It's a foolproof plan. All they need is just a little more time to make it work. It's Thursday, August 23rd. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. So, I want to talk to you a little bit about South Africa. We've been trying to get our arms around what's happening in South Africa for a while, and we have not put anybody on the air about it because the people who generally seem to be reporting on this have been unreliable. Uh, they, uh, they are usually alt-righters and I, I, I just don't, I know who the alt-right is and I'm, I don't trust them at all. Um, 
So I've been really torn because I've seen interviews and I've seen things that are happening that may or may not be happening. Meanwhile, the press is not covering it all. Well, I understand that coming from the press and I don't trust the press at all. So what the hell is happening? Yesterday, we reached out to a a farmer and we could barely understand him. We worked with him yesterday to see if we could do an interview with him, you know, make him understandable. And he just is his accent is so thick you can't even understand him. But I wanted to tell you that what he said to us, what he was going to say was my land is being taken away. But it's it's more of a um, uh, of a uh, eminent domain thing. And he doesn't know of any white farmers, he's a white farmer, that have been killed at all. We have somebody else who's saying, oh, no, there are lots. But we don't know. We don't know. Here's what I do know for sure. The rhetoric in South Africa is getting dangerous. It is talking about slitting the throats of whiteness. This is the kind of rhetoric that when it comes from top leadership... Uh, it changes everything. Beyond that, violence, I don't know yet. And I'm not going to bring you something until I'm pretty sure that that's a reliable source. Um, on the other front, one thing I can bring to you is they are talking about taking land from farmers and giving it away. They say to the people, but it'll be to their pals because that's the way it always is. Uh, and so they will give it to people who know nothing about farming and South Africans will starve. That's the way it always plays out. Alexander Ham, uh, uh, Hammond, he is a contributor for Young Voices. He's been following this um, and and he just wrote an article. This is how South Africa could become the next Zimbabwe. Welcome to the program, Alexander. How are you? Hi, Glenn. Thanks for having me. You bet. So tell me what you know is happening and your concerns. Okay, so what's currently happening, the way I see it, is Cyril Ramaphosa, who is the current president of South Africa, um, his party is the ANC, the African National Congress. Um, And on the 31st of July last month, he said that they're going to change the constitution. So Section 25 of the constitution currently says if the land is taken away from a property owner by the government, compensation must be just and equitable. Now, Brown Poster says he's changing the amendment to outline more clearly the conditions under which they can expropriate land, essentially meaning that this just and equitable clause, which, um, expropriate, which compensation must be, is going to be taken away so it can mean expropriation with no compensation. Mm. So that's the background to what's happening recently as farms are beginning to be seized. And uh, the rhetoric surrounding, especially coming from the EFF, uh, is is disturbing. The 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 president is basically a democratic socialist, is he not? Um, I, he's a full out socialist. Okay, uh, and he, ne- he never joined the Communist Party, um, but he is a full out socialist. Right, and he's. I mean, he was you know campaigning for universal uh tuition universal health care universal food and universal clothing i think a basic minimum income i mean all the stuff they're campaigning for here but the way he really got into office was was playing on the white versus black yeah um there's there's no illusion that ramaphosa is some 
dictator who's suddenly taken over South Africa and he's enforcing his will on the people. He ran on the promise that when he comes to power, if he was to come to power, he would be taking a white land and giving no compensation in return. He calls it um, it's healing the historic wound doing this. Um, but I think even more concerning is that there's no illusion Ramaphosa is, and in the past, has been very racist towards the white in South Africa. Um, there's a well-recorded case of that. He actually compared the strategy of dealing whites in South Africa to that of boiling frogs. Now, in this, I mean, he said you must raise the temperature slowly so the frogs don't realize what's happening, because if the temperature is raised too quickly, the frogs jump out of the water. Then, by the time the frog realizes it's dying, it's too late to escape the pot. This is the current president of South Africa. All right. Let's stick to the devil we do know, and that is the idea of land distribution. So uh, um, I don't know why people don't get this, because it didn't work in Russia. It didn't work in Zimbabwe. It never, ever works. Can you give us a little history on that? Yeah, so it seems right now they're following the exact exact path of Zimbabwe. Um, because in 2000, Zimbabwe, under Mugabe, started taking the white farmers' land. Um, and from my research, the result was essentially threefold. Violence increased. Um, five white farmers died and a dozen more black farm workers were killed because they were associating with the white farmers. Um, food production plummeted. Um, Food production fell by 60% within 10 years. Mm. Um, Zimbabwe used to be called the breadbasket of Africa, um, not anymore. Exports were down over a billion, and then it induced hyperinflation. Um, and the hyperinflation got so bad in the economy, they averaged 98% a day at its peak in July of 2018. Um, and it seems very likely that South Africa will be following this course. Violence is slowly increasing. The economy is abysmal right now. Um, and some predict it is heading towards hyperinflation if, he's, if the trend continues. So, Alexander, have you had any thoughts on, uh, well, for instance, I mean, here we are watching Venezuela just, I mean, just imploding. Uh, people starving, people dying, violence, uh, uh, a ruthless dictator. Uh, and, and we're seeing this march to socialism and this march to redistribution and people that are your age are seemingly loving it and embracing it when every single example of it being tried fails horribly. Why is this become? Why is this spreading and becoming so popular? So that's a great question. Obviously, I think it's been known for decades that the youth always go towards socialism. But in the case of South Africa, I don't think it's out the ANC. I don't think we're understanding this policy out of ignorance. I think we're fully aware what the, con- the economic consequences will be. Um, I believe that they're instilling these policies to gain the support for the next election, which is next year. Um, and I think the ANC will continue to push these populist policies in order to boost their popularity. Um, Marion Chief of the Cato Institute has recently said the the, the African South African Parliament, them instilling this policy, it doesn't rest in ignorance, but it rests in their desire for survival. Um, and they essentially see it as a way, because they can't control the economy right now, they've been doing awful in a lot of ways, so they see this as their way to appeal to the South African people. Is this, is the ANC 
which is the party of the president, um, yeah. are, are they have are, are they they're kind of partnering with the EFF, which is the really dangerous racist uh, group. Is it the same kind of story that's happening here with the Democrats and and, uh, you know, Antifa? Um, I'm not sure it's that bad, um, their partnership at all, because currently the ANC in the South African Parliament has 62% of the, has a majority of 62%. Okay. So it's not like they need any more support from these more extremist parties. Um, perhaps they could be trying to take some of the uh, economic freedom fighters' vote away from them by following some of their policies, mm. but... Mm. The EFF isn't extremely popular in South Africa by any means. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure we can make that comparison quite yet, but it seems Good. likely they could be taking some votes. Quickly, any any evidence that you have found that anything like, uh, you know, white, uh, black violence killing lots of farmers is actually happening? Right, sure. So this is a really difficult issue. Eight hours ago, the president, actually slightly longer than that now, about 10 hours ago, the president tweeted that um, about the South Africa land reform and that he's going to get the Secretary of State to look into it. But in this tweet, he said that it was a large-scale killing of farmers. Now, I don't think that's quite accurate, saying large-scale. Um, the problem with South Africa right now is not, there's no official numbers are available. Mm -hmm. the, only, the best we've got is reports from the South African police and the Transvaal Agricultural Union, which is just union representing the interest of farmers. Um, and the latest data we do have is from January to March 2018. Um, and it indicates that there is a slight, there is an increase in attacks on the white farms. Um, and in this three-month period, there are 109 attacks and 15 murders on the white farms, meaning one mm -hmm. white farmer is killed every five days. Um, that's pretty that's significant. That's from my reports, for sure. That's, it's, it's, it's devastating. But claiming the president claiming it's a large-scale killing is down to your definition but yeah. okay it's problematic because there's no official numbers good alexander thank you so much uh alexander uh, hammond uh you can follow him at uh is it just alexander hamo yeah alexander hammond uh, alexander h-a-m-m-o Okay, thank you very much. I appreciate it, Alexander. Thank you for having me. You bet. So difficult to, to figure this out. I mean, like, Newsweek ran a story with the numbers Alexander just talked about, quoting activists as saying one death every five days. New York Times is saying the number of killings uh, of white farmers was at a 20-year low. So yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. It's I don't. The problem to... is I don't believe, believe Newsweek, and I don't believe the New <laughs> York Times. So I don't know which, I don't know what this is. Uh, but we are working on it and trying to find some credible voices to tell us um, in South Africa what exactly what's going on. We'll bring that news to you. All right. Tell you about Goldline's uh, new silver maple flex that allows you to break off smaller pieces for barter and trade. But I don't want you to forget about the importance of small gold bars as well. When it comes to protecting ourselves, our families, our portfolios, you want to make sure that you have maximum flexibility and diversity. That's why I have both gold and silver. And as I mentioned before, uh, I asked Goldline to create the little smaller bars of gold. They're like little chiclets, really, that you can carry them around in your wallet if things ever really get bad. So this is in addition, uh, this is the, the gold bars, and that's in addition to the maple flex, which is the silver bars, which would be, um, uh, you know, for smaller um, transactions. Now, the gold bars, they have, what is it, a, 
how much is it? A tenth of an ounce each? Yeah, a tenth of an ounce in each bar. And they're about the size of a chiclet. And they're all made by the Royal Canadian Mint. These are legal tender bars of gold and silver. And if things go bad, you know, well, you've got something to protect your family. You owe it to yourself to call Goldline and learn more about these Canadian products that are only available at Goldline. Gold and silver bars in the bite size. Available now at Goldline at 866-GOLDLINE. 1-866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. There's a really important uh, video or audio that you need to hear and see uh, about the Manafort case. Yeah, this is a juror, Paula Duncan. She was on the Paul Manafort trial and a big Trump fan wore a MAGA hat to the courthouse every Every day. day. Uh, Here's what she had to say about the trial. I don't think I need to hide behind anything. I'm not afraid at all. And I thought that... The public, America, needed to know how close this was and that the evidence was overwhelming. I did not want Paul Manafort to be guilty, but he was, and no one's above the law. So it was our obligation to look through all of the evidence. And there were four boxes, four Mm -hmm. paper boxes full of paper to look through. Mm. She was, yeah, I mean, a huge Trump fan and said that there's 18 total charges against Manafort, eight of which he was found guilty, 10 of which were mistrials. In all 10 of the cases, it was an 11 to 1 uh, balance where 11 thought he was guilty and only one person held out so that he was able to get a mistrial on those eight charge or 10 charges. So, uh, I mean, the evidence was pretty strong against Manafort. And we talked about this from the beginning, from when he very first, when he was one of the first times he got involved in the campaign. I mean, Manafort has been known as a very dirty lobbyist for decades, 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 decades. Uh, he was very close worker with Roger Stone. Um, they they were partners. They were the dirty tricks guys from Nixon. Yeah, and so it was no surprise to anybody that he was going to create a lot of trouble for Trump. Um, but even people who were big fans of Trump saw the evidence and said, "Look, he's guilty, and yeah. you got to do it." That's, that's, that's I really respect her. Yeah, I really, really respect her. Back in a minute. One thing we've been able to enjoy the past couple of years has been a great economy. Uh, you know, go back to the financial collapse of 2008, 2009. We've come a long way since then. And what we've been able to see here is a lot of people who have been able to get on the plus side of their home, get some equity going. And maybe you're thinking, this is the time I'm going to take my money out. Maybe this is the time you want to move or maybe you want to do uh, something a little bit different. Maybe you want to get into the housing market and buy something from renting. Whatever you want to do, realestateagentsitrust.com is the right place to go. Why? Because the people there are well-versed in all the transactions that you need, but they're also people that you can trust. There has to be a better way than just looking at some picture on a bench or finding someone you know from the gym. Someone who has really been screened uh, for the best possible abilities when it comes to real estate transactions. Realestateagentsitrust.com does it for you. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Check it out. Yeah. I just found out that uh, the Pat Gray radio program can get Mm -hmm. guests that this national radio program can't get. With millions of listeners Mm -hmm. all across the country. Yeah. we're not big enough. Senator to. Ted Cruz, top of our three today. Mm. Uh, now, no, Pat Grandley. Unbelievable. Are you going to inform him that you have bet that if he loses this race, you will eat your underwear? Yes, I've, I'm heavily invested in this race. Heavily un- invested. 
Because you should stop betting your I know. underwear because at some point, I don't at think it's this point, time, but at some point, you're going to end up eating your underwear. He's, O'Rourke has done such a great job of his pandering during this campaign that I, I honestly think most Hispanics believe he is Hispanic instead of Irish. Oh, I, I got into a, well, it's a one-sided Twitter war. I just, you know, just like, uh-huh, sure. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the uh, I made some I made some statement here recently about how Beto is is being used to try <clears throat> to make him into a McMexican, mm-hmm. and he's mm-hmm. I mean he's there's no there's no Mexican or Hispanic in his blood at all. None. No. He's one hundred percent Irish. Now all of a sudden he's McMexican. Yeah. What That's, what is this? And 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 I don't I just don't know. But Beto is a Hispanic nickname, nickname for R- Roberto. For Roberto, mm-hmm. and his real name is what? Roberto Robert or, Robert or Francis. Robert Francis. <laughs> oh, very very Hispanic. So that might be Hispanic. the whitest name ever uh-huh. produced. Yes, mm-hmm. right. Yes. And is this why... not cultural appropriation? Yeah. That's what I I've been saying that all along. Why aren't the Hispanics pissed at this instead of accepting him? But that's why he puts only the one word on, on the his... large yard signs and the bumper stickers is yeah. just Beto for Senate. That's it. Well, why don't you at least put your last name there so we know that you're at least half Hispanic and half Irish. Yeah, un- unlike no. Ted Cruz, that is 100% yeah. Hispanic. By the way, I got a new yard sign. You like this one? Oh, I love that. Yes, yeah, I love that. It's a new yard sign. <laughs> I love the Hillary 2028 yard sign. She, looks that good in that she, <laughs> I want to put that up in my yard. At 2028, 20, she's still she's still holding together. She doesn't look a lot different. I have a couple of neighbors that I think just despite me put a Beto signs in the neighborhood. <laughs> is that off. is that what they do? I they think that's what they do. No, wait, wait, wait. In a me. joking way or just no, I because think they, I think they, I don't know. I don't know, but uh, uh, that would be a great yard sign to put up in response. Oh, I I would. I have to tell you, I would love to get into a yard sign war with my neighbors if my one of my neighbors started a yard sign war oh don't oh don't oh, don't, don't, don't think you're gonna walk away that. the winner because i'm willing to put anything in my front yard <laughs> uh, the, the poll out uh, today i think confirms what seemingly uh was coming here which is this is a fairly close race no it's not you don't believe that? There's been about five or six polls here that have shown 40. Uh, this one's 49 to 45. Cruz leading. Uh, nope. So O'Rourke. he's up by four. Nope. Nope. Four here. There's another poll. Nope. He was up by two. Yeah. Uh, he's had a couple nope. five and three. You just think there's no chance of him. Winning. I think here's I think this is what it is. I think there are people that are pissed at Ted Cruz mm-hmm. um, who really believed in him and, and, you know, stood strong with him. I can't think of anybody uh, by name. Uh, <laughs> and they felt betrayed. Uh, and then he really, and then he really just kind of didn't ever really kind of hug anybody back, uh, and say, look, I understand where you're coming from. And I think this is their mm-hmm. first chance to tell pollsters something, uh, send message to Ted Cruz, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, and maybe. when they get into the polling booth, they'll pull for Cruz. They're not, hmm. they're not so mad that they want to lose Cruz or they're, senator. They, they, they like him as a Senator. They like him as a Senator. I just don't believe that Texas has turned so crazy blue that this unknown guy who who what was the statement he just made 
Uh, well, he's getting a lot of viral attention for because he was brilliant. A speech, a brilliant, the most perfect response to the uh, NFL kneeling issue, and like some left wing website has been sharing, and it. it's getting you know lots of attention online. And it, I mean, they're they're trying to make him out to be the next like Barack Obama. Nothing like could be more American than kneeling for the national anthem. Right, right. Shut up. And it's like a really weak response where he goes through uh, and, and misses all the gets all the stats wrong, and it's just like it's one of those things you just you can't. It would only work in the internet era. You know, it's the only because when you don't mm-hmm. check anything and you don't know anything about the issue, this guy comes out and he's you know a decent looking guy, he's a younger guy, he says some things that are that, that confirm what you already believe, yeah. and you share it. Like that's our whole society right now, and that's basically what it was. Well, and he talked about how police are killing blacks at an alarming rate. Well, not, the no, stats don't not. show that yeah, at no, all. It's, that's just. A flat-out lie. So I just don't think that Texas has gone crazy. And, you know, look, you're betting your underwear. If Ted Cruz loses, oh, no. that will oh, that no. will send... That, that shows me that mm-hmm. I don't even understand Texas anymore. I'm moving. And I'm moving to Mars. <laughs> okay? I'm yeah. moving to Mars. I'm not going to be right. like one of those other celebrities that make a promise. And they say, oh, I'm moving. And they move across the street if they move at all. I'm moving to Mars. So you'll <laughs> see the rocket launch. He's wow. up by four. Wow. Huh? Cruz is up by four. Now, when Pat made this promise, he was probably up by 20. Uh, probably. But right. you're, you're doing it when he's up by four. Right. If if he loses, <laughs> you're if he loses, I'm moving to Mars. Okay. Now, I happen All to right. think, uh, if I could... Uh, Just lock that sentence in a vault right there. Yeah. If he loses, I'm moving to Mars. Lock it in. I mean, I'm fine. I love you, Ted, but I'm now rooting against you. So I think <laughs> uh, when you look at the polls, it's it's interesting because, you know, he was up by a decent amount. It's it's closed, and I, I at first kind of didn't, you know, you don't really believe these things when you see one or two polls. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that it's this close, I think, is, is is interesting. And to piggyback on what you said, you kind of said of, like, the people who really liked Cruz and weren't so crazy about Trump, and then, you know, Cruz kind of went to Trump. And, right. and, and maybe they're cool with Trump now, and they're cool with, they're, they're right. cool with Ted. They just feel like, well, I don't know what that was about. Right. I, I don't know what that was about. So that's one group. Mm-hmm. I think another group, too, with Cruz, are the people who loved Trump yes. and were pissed at him for staying in so long yeah. uh, and, and not endorsing at the, at the convention. So the kind of first, the early Trump people and the early Cruz people but he's, feel weird about that period. Yes. Yes. And so they, I don't know now because he has completely embraced Trump now. Right, I mean, I, you know, so I mean, he'll he, still disagree with him occasionally so on an I issue, but he's I, fully the, embraced him. I think the Trump people that didn't like Ted during the election, those people are going to be are going to say clearly, okay, well, I don't want Beto in because you know, I mean, remember they're binary choice people, mm-hmm. uh-huh. so they don't want Beto in, uh, and so they'll forgive him. They might be sending him a message through the polls. But when they get in and close the curtain, they're going to pull for Cruz. I think I hope so. And I, right. I think you. I think you might be right. I think you might be right. It's a statement now, just to shake him up a little bit. because yeah. he deserves it. Yeah, for what he did. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. make him work for this. Uh-huh. I'm going to make him work for it. Yeah, it's interesting though when a campaign gets close. You know, sometimes you can't control that momentum. You know, and and you know, Beto's raised a fortune. Yeah, a lot than, of money more than Ted, more than Cruz. He's uh, he's all over the place I campaigning. I don't think that people who are living in Texas and have lived in Texas. I think they suffer from two things. Texas is huge. It's huge. It takes you it takes you as long to drive from the Mexican Texas Mexican border to the northern border of Texas as it does to drive from the northern border of Texas to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's how big this state is. It's enormous. 
And so you're very isolated and everybody just thinks, oh, Texas is always going to be red. You know, it's a red state. It's always going to be red. We're Texas. No, no. Demographics are changing. So there's arrogance involved in it. Mm-hmm. And I think um, with that arrogance comes a little bit of apathy. Ah, Ted's, of course, Ted's going to win. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually pulling for Beto because I want to live on Mars. I think I would understand <laughs> Mars more than I understand Earth. I can almost guarantee that. You're not going to you're not going to take the rocket ship to Mars before Pat eats his underwear, though. No, you're I'm going to watch that. Until, uh, after, when that's I'll watch over. it from the capsule because <laughs> and I'm not we're not blasting off until he eats it because I want to. I'll come back down those stairs. And I will have some harsh words for him. <laughs> Every day I've been tweeted uh, underwear recipes. So uh, okay. people are getting me ready. There are some, some people. Think- may I offer? May I offer our, our chef to, <laughs> to cook prepare? It? Yes. Yes. Okay. Thank All you. Right. All right. Hopefully it won't be necessary, but yes. So what do you guys make of this uh, uh, hysteria that all this, all this, nonsense coming from the left that the south african story is completely made up it's only a white nationalist white supremacist story and you're only pushing this conspiracy theory because you're all about white nationalism uh, vice ran a story and talked about how awful it was except it's not true it's completely made up i mean isn't that a little mm-hmm. reminiscent of what the world did in 1940 can i tell you you we this is why pat and i are best friends and have been for uh, what a hundred years now five uh mm-hmm. because i thought exactly the same thing and i even went to a documentary on uh uh what is it exposing the times and it was a documentary that came out in 2012 actually starting a monologue on this today i just was working on something really? for the future showing and comparing the 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 way the New York Times handled the Holocaust and the way the yep. mainstream media handled the Holocaust uh, and and how we're dealing with this now. Now, this may, may very well be nothing at this point or somewhat overblown. There is something and even yeah, Vice yeah. admits that Correct. Mm-hmm. there's something going on. Yeah. And, and, and there is when there's smoke, there's fire. Now, it may just be a match strike at this point, mm-hmm. but um, you want to blow that match out. You want to blow that match right. out. Don't go down this road right. too far. Yeah, and it's amazing how we've always said, never again. Right. And then every time it happens again, we just discount it. So, so Pat, bad. I made it's a not li- that bad. We're not going to do anything. I made a list. I made a list. We are right now ignoring one million Muslims. In China? In China. Been rounded mm-hmm. up. We know it for a fact. One million right. Muslims in China have Never been again. Rounded. Well. Rounded up. There it's it is. happening right there. That's one-sixth of the Holocaust. One-sixth. Yeah. And we know it, and they just got started. We're ignoring the Christians in the Middle East. Christians in the Middle East. We're, missing, we're, we're, we're not paying attention to the Christians being rounded up and killed in Burma. We're, mm. not, we're not even talking about, you know, oh, hashtag uh, save our children in uh, Northern mm. Africa. Those are Christians. Mm-hmm. Those are Christians that were enslaved. We don't seem to care about that. We don't seem to care about what's happening in South Africa. We, we don't. What, what's so amazing is. There are these rumors. We know that the seeds are being planted. We have them on tape saying, you know, uh, we're going to cut the throat of whiteness. Mm-hmm. We, we have all of that. The, uh, we have the president on They're tape changing saying. changing the Constitution so that they can take things from people without compensation. Correct. That's not like a warning flag to yeah. you? So <laughs> we, we know that's going on. Yeah. And this is the direction we're headed 
just the just the rhetoric and the redistribution and the democratic socialist stuff and mm-hmm. the white against black stuff. We, we don't even care to verify that. <laughs> there were, right. And what are we doing? We're arguing over stupid stuff like Manafort. Yeah, it's amazing. The guy's guilty. Jeez. Move on with your life. Had nothing to do with Trump. He's guilty. He's going to jail. Celebrate. Things 12 Done. years ago. Jeez. Yeah. Thanks, Pat. Thank you. Get your underwear recipes uh, to Twitter at Pat Unleashed because he's going to be. Say hi to say hi to Ted. Oh, yeah. Uh, for me. Yeah. And, and let him know that my email address is still the same. It's. Oh, yeah, no, it, it didn't change. Oh. Still works even and still the same. So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Good times. Okay, let me tell you about Mercury Real Estate. Uh, Mercury Real Estate uh, is a, a real estate company that my wife and I started a few years ago, and it's really satisfying because we get letters like this. Glenn, we used not one but two of your agents, and I have to say they lived up to the expectation. First, we found Skip through Real Estate Agents I Trust. He helped us buy a house in Mobile, Alabama. Skip actually listened to us. He got to know us quite well over the phone and through emails. Then he set aside an entire weekend in Mobile when my uh, when my husband and I visited to look at houses. Um, we ended up uh, buying a house that wasn't even listed. It wasn't online anywhere. Hmm. We were only able to see it this one time as we came back to Kansas. Long distance, Skip knew exactly how to word everything in our contracts. Nothing slipped by him. It was incredible. It was completely stress-free. Most competent real estate agent I have ever met. Uh, Then we had to sell our house. So not only did we find our southern dream house with four bedrooms for our family, um, and he did it with ease, we then listed our house for rent uh, that we were renting for sale in Wichita, Kansas, with another one of your agents, Kirk. After having nightmare experience after nightmare experience, not from the people on your website, we literally never felt more stressed out. Kirk, we found him through your website, immediately relisted in less than a month. He had found a buyer. He sold the house for list price. I can highly recommend realestateagentsitrust.com. Thank you. Thank you for creating this site to help help us find trustworthy agents. Kelsey, Kelsey, you make it all worth it. You're welcome. That's exactly what we wanted when we wanted to sell our house. And that's why we created this. You want a real estate agent that will sell your house on time and for the most amount of money. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Glenn Beck. Tonight on TV. No catastrophe is too catastrophic. No apocalypse is too apocalyptic. No sports questions are too be answered. I don't know what's going on here. Glenn takes your calls live on the air. The show starts at 5 p.m. Eastern, so get in line a little early at 888-727-BECK. Only on The Blaze. Glenn Beck. Well, Thursday's the night for you and I to connect on television. Uh, you steer the show. All you have to do is call 888-727-BECK. You can ask me anything. You can make comments. Tell us where we're wrong. Love to hear from you. 888-727-BECK. Ask Glenn anything today at uh, 5 o'clock um, on the Blaze TV. Make sure, you, uh, make sure you join us. Also, you could tweet your questions to uh, hashtag AskGlennAnything. Uh, and uh, and we'll take some of those as well. 
Tonight, 5 o'clock only on the Blaze TV. We'll see you tomorrow. Bill O'Reilly is our special guest. And we mean special in every single way you could possibly mean that on tomorrow's broadcast. Glenn Beck Mercury.